Stand Firm Ministries, Biblical Truth, taught by Dr. Shane Perez. We think that if we do God's work, then everything works out great for us. That's not the case. And we see in Jeremiah where he was committed to the cause that God had given him. Committed to the cause. And he had to be committed because of the hardships that he was enduring. We'll first look at Jeremiah 18, verse 18, in chapter 18. And it says, Then some said, Come, let us make plans against Jeremiah. For the law will never be lost to the priest, nor counsel to the wise, or an oracle to the prophet. Come, let us denounce him and pay no heed to any of his words. So Jeremiah was on the scene delivering God's message to God's chosen people. And yet the people were making plans against Jeremiah and already deciding beforehand to not to listen to any of his words. Then we also see in Jeremiah 20 verses 1 and 2, when Pasher the priest, the son of Immer, and the chief official in the house of the Lord heard Jeremiah prophesying these things, he had Jeremiah the prophet beaten and put in the stocks at the upper gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. Now, Jeremiah was faithful. Even though the people were against him, even though he was suffering bodily harm from doing what God told him to do, he was faithful. He was committed to the cause. Now, in reading this and understanding that, I really wanted to give you some examples. We're living in some turbulent, crazy times in the world. But one thing about crazy times is it gives you a chance to stand up for what is right. It gives you a chance to show what you are committed to. What cause are you committed to? I don't know if you watch a lot of tennis. But there's this tennis player that's on the scene right now that is very, very good tennis player. He just won Wimbledon for the fourth time, and I think maybe he's won like seven consecutive titles or something like that. I got a little video of what he's standing up for and why. Unjabbed tennis star Novak Djokovic captured his seventh Wimbledon title over the weekend. Next up is the American Open, but he'll likely be barred from entry into the United States due to our rules regarding vaccine status for international travelers. Back in February, Djokovic discussed being barred from entering Australia for a tournament there. I understand that not being vaccinated today, I, you know, I'm unable to travel to most of the tournaments at the moment. And, and that's the price you're willing to pay? I, that, that is the price that I'm willing to pay. Ultimately, are you prepared to forego the chance to be the greatest player that ever picked up a racket, statistically, because you feel so strongly about this jab? Yes. I do. But as things stand, if this means that you miss the French Open, is that a price you'd be willing to pay? Yes, that is the price that I'm willing to pay. And if it means that you miss Wimbledon this year, again, that's a price you're willing to pay? Yes. Why, Novak? Why? Why? Because the principles of uh, decision-making on my body uh, are more important than any title or anything else. It's very interesting because the guy who's interviewing him can't understand where he's coming from. 
It's like, wait a minute, you're sacrificing a lot here. You may, you have the potential to go down as maybe one of the greatest tennis players ever to play the game as far as stats, as winning the most titles or so forth like that, and you're willing to throw all that away? And he says, yes. Then he starts, well, you sure, what about the one in America? What about the one in France? What about all these? He goes through line by line. He says, yes, yes, yes. And then you can tell the interviewer gets a little frustrated. Why? Because it doesn't make any sense to him. But it makes sense to that guy. Because he is committed to that cause. Regardless of what the pressure that is on him, regardless of what any question the interviewer can ask, I would dare say regardless of what the tennis profession, the price that he'd have to pay in his career, he's willing to do it just because he's standing up for a cause. He is committed to the cause of not getting the vaccine. And I'll say the, one of the best ones for last. This is an NBA player that is committed to freedom. Well, he's from Turkey. He came to America to play basketball. He became an American citizen. You know what the first thing he did when he became an American citizen? His name was Enos Cantor. He changed his name to Enos Cantor Freedom because he is such a strong believer of freedom. My name is Enes Cancer Freedom. I'm from Turkey. I play basketball in NBA for the Boston Celtics. I remember the first time coming to America, one of my teammates criticized the president. And I said, dude, what are you doing? They might put you in jail. And he said, this is America. And he explained to me about what his freedom of speech means. And unfortunately, if you use your free speech in Turkey, you'll end up in jail. So I started speaking out against the Turkish government and they broke my passport, they put my dad in jail and my dad had to put a statement out and say we are disowning Venice. So, you know, people should feel very lucky and blessed to be in a country like America where there's human rights. And obviously America having her own uh, problems, but change can only happen in America with freedom of speech. And without freedom, you cannot do anything. Ennis Cantor Freedom was raised in Turkey, moved to the U.S. as a teenager, then became an NBA player. Then he began openly criticizing the Chinese government. He wore shoes that said Free Tibet, which China occupies, and he wore them on the court. So normally the NBA encourages political messages. They even wrote BLM on the court. But criticizing China is absolutely unacceptable to the sleazeballs who run the NBA. Did you get that? Enos Cantor, when he first came to America, one of his teammates criticized the government. And he said, wait a minute, you can't do that. You're going to go to jail. Because he was from Turkey, and that's what happens in Turkey. And uh, his teammate explained to him, no, in America, you have freedom. Freedom of speech. Or you used to, anyway. Freedom of speech. So what he did is he sort of took that and went running with it. Wow, you mean I can say anything really about anything? And there was like, yeah, because you live in America. That's what freedom looks like. Well, he was very uh, unhappy with the government in Turkey, so he started criticizing the government of Turkey. He can do that in America. Now, Turkey took action against him. Uh, like he said, he put his dad in jail. And actually, they end up sort of kicking him out of the country. They revoked his citizenship. So like for a while, he was like a citizen of, of nowhere. Uh, until he became an American citizen. And then when he became an American citizen, first thing he did, changed his name to Freedom. And then he starts speaking out about other things, about places 
around the world, specifically China, that seems to inhibit a lot of people's freedom. One of his uh, areas he focused on was Tibet, which is occupied by China. So this is some of the shoes that he wore. And he was very uh, not happy with them doing the, the Olympics. So that's why he wore shoes, no Beijing. And he just let it be known, hey, this is what freedom is. I can talk about anything. you got all these other NBA players having all kinds of shoes with Black Lives Matter and this and that. So I can put anything on my shoes. So I'm going to stand up for freedom around the world. And well, the NBA, they were, were okay with him being political as long as he had a very specific political slant. So when he started criticizing China, I don't know if you know this or not. You should because of Houston Rockets. Have you ever watched any of the Houston Rockets games? I haven't watched any in a couple years, but a few years ago, I was uh, a couple of seasons where I watched almost every single game. And they'll be playing at home, and they would have advertising on the side or even on the, the post that holds up the basket or whatever. There's, it's foam or whatever, so the players hit it. They won't get hurt. And they'll have advertising on that. And a, a few of the games a year, they would have Chinese writing on it. And especially the Houston Rockets are tied closely with the Chinese government. We've had uh, Yao Ming was one of the Chinese players that come over. And you don't have freedom in China. So for Yao Ming to come over, they had to make a deal with the government. And they even had to pay the government part of, or Yao Ming had to give even a part of his salary over to the Chinese government. But needless to say, the NBA was not happy about it and even called him uh, a few times and, and tried to get it, talk him out of it. I didn't show you the whole clip on Tucker, but the reason why he made Tucker this past week is because they found some audio that was released on some of the NBA executives talking about how they wanted to make sure and not upset the Chinese government. So anyway, what ended up happening to Enos Freedom is that uh, he ended up getting traded to the Houston Rockets. And that lasted for about five minutes, and they immediately cut him. So as of right now, he is not a player in the NBA, but he is a free agent. But anyway, he took a stand for something. And again, there's a situation where this has cost him his career because he took a stand. Now let's get to Jeremiah. What happened with Jeremiah was Jeremiah was facing hardships. And the thing about it, just like you or me, when we face hardships, we're not that happy about them. Jeremiah wasn't happy with the process that he was going through and things that were happening to him. But then in this passage that we're going to look at in Jeremiah 20, 7 through 12, we get a little insight into some of his thinking, what's going on inside of him. And it describes that. And then he concludes with a reaffirming commitment that he actually made in Jeremiah eleven twenty. And I'll just start out by reading Jeremiah eleven twenty, where it says, But, O Lord Almighty, you who judge righteously and tested the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance upon them. For to you I have committed my cause. In Jeremiah 20, verse 7. Jeremiah has committed his cause, even when times get rough, but he explains it here, sort of what's going on with him, which I think is very interesting and very insightful. Verse 7. O Lord, you deceived me, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. In other words, he's saying, God, I'm 
telling the people what you told me to tell them, and look what you're allowing to happen to me. A lot of bad, a lot of negative. But then he goes on in verse 9, But if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I hear many whispering, terror on every side. Report him. Let's report him. All my friends are waiting for me to slip, saying perhaps he will be deceived. Then we will prevail over him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance upon them. For to you I have committed my cause. For you I have committed my cause. Do you see what Jeremiah is saying here? He's not happy with what God is doing. I don't know whether it's the people throwing insults at him or maybe it's when he's in the stocks or wherever he's at when he's being more or less punished or persecuted or, or tortured that we could say, he's not happy about it. And he's got a little bitterness towards God. God, why are you, I'm doing what you told me to do. Why are you allowing this to happen to me? And then he concludes with some understanding. The Lord is awesome. God is awesome. And he will take care of everything. And then he concludes, for to you I have committed my cause. Jeremiah was committed to the cause. What does committed mean? It means bound or obligated as under a pledge to a particular cause, action, or attitude. The question this morning will be, are you committed to Jesus Christ? Are you bound? Are you obligated? That means that Jesus Christ comes first. He comes first before any peer pressure. He comes first before any career. He comes first even before your own well-being. Does Jesus Christ come first? His conclusion is that he would endure because he was committed to the cause of living completely for God. One thing I love about going through the Old Testament and reading about the prophets, because they were committed completely. Today, it seems like every other person you talk to will profess to be a Christian, but how many of us are living completely for God? I mean, God's question, if he were here today, would not would be, raise your hand if you are, call yourself a Christian. He'd want to know, raise your hand if you're living completely for me. Am I number one in your life, or am I just a little side dish over here that you incorporate in your life whenever it's convenient. Are you committed to the cause of Christ? Because I dare say you will be tested and it will be shown. I believe persecution is coming. And I believe, as we've seen throughout history, the majority of people will fail. They won't take a stand. They will not be committed to the cause. It's easy to be committed to a cause. It's easy to be a Christian in America when everything else is Christian, when it's promoted, when it's encouraged. But now as we're shifting in our country and becoming more anti-Christian, now you start paying a price for being Christian. 
And what the world, uh, what they're telling us is that, well, you can still be Christian, just be quiet about it. Let us take it out of the school. Let's make sure you don't talk about it in the workplace. And don't mention it in your conversations, even with family, because it's offensive. Just be quiet. You do your thing in private where nobody sees. Well, I don't see that anywhere in the Bible where Christians are going to closet and hide and not tell others about Jesus Christ. Or Christians are not to live out their faith. It's amazing you see what's going on among Christians today in the name of not offending people. Well, Jesus was peaceful, so we shouldn't have confrontations. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Have you read the Bible? Did Jeremiah hurt anybody's feelings? Did Jesus hurt anybody's feelings? They didn't kill Jesus because uh, they just thought it would be fun. They killed Jesus because he wouldn't be quiet. The things he was saying, the things he was doing. Are you committed to the cause of Christ? Last video I want to show you is one of uh, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. And finally, this old clip of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas went viral recently, and it seems appropriate, especially after what you just watched. You can be in the middle of a hurricane, or you can be on a calm day, north is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm, north is still north. People can yell at you, north is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. Some good wisdom there. Right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. And I'd also add to that, wrong is still wrong, regardless of what the reasoning is. And I feel like we're being persuaded as Christians. We've been doing it for decades, just being quiet about certain things. And it keeps progressing. Well, if we just be quiet about that particular topic in that particular area and they'll leave us alone, then we'll be okay. But we keep giving up more ground and more ground. And now it's to the point where it's psychotic and Christians are to the point they're stunned. Uh, we don't talk a lot about it. It is time to take a stand. Take a stand for Jesus Christ, even if you stand alone. Doesn't matter what your pastor's doing. Doesn't matter what your spouse is doing. Doesn't matter what the other church members are doing. Only thing that matters is what you are doing. So how do you know what to stand for? And how do you know where to stand? When to stand, when to not to stand. Relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, I dare say we should have a relationship so much like Jeremiah that we should be in the same boat as Jeremiah. Well, when it comes to it, even though we may have to suffer and face persecution, we won't have a choice but to stand because we can't even be quiet, even if we try. The fire should be burning in us so strong that we can't be quiet with the things that God wants us to say. I feel like God has brought this similar topic and similar things, had me preaching on, on, on similar things for a while. Because I think now is the time to prepare. Whether you stand or not will be determined, in most cases, not by the situation itself, not how you act in that one moment, but what you're doing now in preparation. If you don't have, if you're not completely sold out for God, if you're not committed to the cause of Jesus Christ now, you're not going to be committed when they come to persecute you and torture you. It's not going to be some magic thing that just, okay, all of a sudden I'm willing to be committed to Jesus Christ. You need to be committed now.
You need to be in God's word. You need to be giving him every aspect, making him Lord of every part of your life now. So when the world comes and tries to take parts of your life away, it's like, well, it doesn't matter because this is the most important. It could be career. It could be a family. It could be friends. Whatever it is, those are sad to lose. But God is the most important. Make God the most important thing in your life today. Follow in Jeremiah's footsteps. Be committed to the cause of Christ. Make that number one in your life. Who will I be when trouble comes calling for me? Will I live the way I believe when I'm backed up against the wall? What kind of heart do I have in my chest? Does it beat for my Savior or just for my flesh? What will I do in the moment that everything falls? In a world that's breaking sin For a truth unchanging I'm not ashamed I've considered the cost I'll be right here at the foot of the cross And stand They can call me
Dr. Shane Perez hopes this lesson encourages you and equips you to minister to others with your walk as a Christian. We would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at standfirmministries at yahoo.com.